Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi! Welcome into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. Dusty, how you doing? You say your windows are open? Yes. You think when you said hi at the top of your lungs, somebody might have been walking by and just, all right. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> um, my neighbors are definitely going to hear me. Um so we're just going to have to make this like 25, 30 minutes because it is almost 9 o'clock at night. Uh, this, probably, this probably won't be uploaded until the morning. Um, but there's just, you know, obviously due to circumstances out of our control right now, um, we have to spend a minimal amount of time uh, at our studio, I still have to go to the studio every day to do uh, Cody and Gold from ten to two. Uh, but I am one of like eight people that has to go to the building every day. Dusty, you're not going to the building at all right now. We're not doing weekend programming, unfortunately. And so we are. Uh, out. Yes, for the time being. Hopefully, it'll be back in the near future. Um, so, luckily, I am basically an audio engineer and i can manufacture podcasts from anywhere in the world because i am just fantastic at what i do so, so we just slid right into your accolade like that, <laughs> your so, show has completely gone away on the weekends it'll hopefully be back and i'm a badass at what i do <laughs> it will it, i mean well, it will well, be it will be back it'll it'll yeah, be no, back. no for sure yeah we'll be back i just thought it was funny how you just you really set the stage you have to really come in like like Thanos in the before the end game. <laughs> I mean, yes, out of bounds. We'll be back at some point. Um, yeah, we just got to be smart and stay home and, and stay away from people because that's what we're doing. I'm doing this in, yes. the, in the living room of my apartment. Lee Summit, you're doing yours in the living room of your house on the Kansas side. We are literally in two different states at one time because yeah, we do this for people that oh. want to hear fantasy advice. I live in Casey, so I mean, we're both we're both. Oh, you are the Missouri side now. Yeah, okay, we're both, we're right. both the Missouri, but. Yes, yeah, so uh, we are both doing it from set. our respective living rooms, um, yeah. but we're trying to do one of these at least like every couple of weeks right now. It's just been kind of hard to navigate with everything that's going on in the world, um, so we're trying to figure all of that stuff out, 
but there is still some kind of fantasy relevant things going on. And so we're hoping that we can try to get you guys one of these every couple of weeks, depending on everybody's work schedules. That's why we're recording this at nine o'clock at night. Uh, it'll probably be posted in the morning. Um, and we're going to try to, a couple of weeks ago, we did a full free agency breakdown, all 32 NFL teams. I'm still impressed that we did that in an hour and 15 minutes, to be completely honest. I don't think, I don't think there's yeah, anybody in the we're business. Fucking good. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in the business that could have pulled that off. Uh, but so we're going to, you know, we've got the draft in a couple of weeks. Obviously, the draft is going to change some things. But for the time being, uh, there's still, you know, minor free agency moves going on. In terms of fantasy football, all of the major free agents have been scooped up. The Chiefs finally gave us something on Sammy Watkins. He is going to be back next year. He is going to be a Chief. So we expect their offense to be just as devastating. And so today, as we're each episode moving forward, pretty much uh, – you know, until until we get to the draft and we can kind of readdress some of the stuff, we're going to try to just kind of go division by division to break things down and look at how each team in each division has fared in free agency and in the offseason and how some of their young players are trending upwards and downwards and, and things like that in fantasy football. Um, so I guess we could start with the Chiefs actually just today – uh, a kind of quiet signing. They signed DeAndre Washington, former Raiders running back, uh, to a yeah. one-year deal. So, twenty-seven-year-old, he actually did play with Patrick Mahomes at uh, Texas Tech, I believe. I believe they played at least one or two seasons together. Uh, he's been yeah, at least he, one. Yeah, I think it was one. He's he's been in the league yeah. for four years now, which is crazy. I didn't realize he had been in the league that long. Um, he's a decent player. Um, it's. It doesn't mean anything, I don't think, fantasy-wise that they're signing him. Um, I am of the regard when it comes to the Chiefs, and I guess we can just go ahead and uh, start with them. Um, you know, when it comes to the running back position, I've been the, I've been the person that has said, I don't like investing heavy in running back. I don't like, you know, drafting a running back in the first round. But when you have the 30-second overall pick... I don't really mind it if you take the top running back off the board at 32 if that running back is still there. And the best version of the Chiefs' offense, in my mind, while it was still great last season, wasn't as good as the season before. The most devastating, unstoppable version of that offense was when they had Kareem Hunt on top of the devastating receivers that they have and the best quarterback in the game, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm fine with them investing the 32nd overall pick in a running back if they decide that they want to take like a J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift or something like that or Jonathan Taylor, if those guys are available. I don't think they should do it, but I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, so the DeAndre Washington signing, I don't think fantasy-wise, really means anything other than you know Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson might be at risk of being cut or something like that if DeAndre Washington winds up finding a roster spot. Yeah, it almost makes you think that he's definitely going to find a roster spot if there's like some sort of love with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they have like a relationship. Um, again, I don't know if that's just like reaching out on the edge just because maybe like, you know, hey, Pat knows this guy. Pat's got chemistry with this guy. Clearly Pat's most – Patrick Mahomes is like most chemistries with uh, Damian Williams as you saw that like in the playoff run. But again – 
I think this just rises the same or raises the same question uh, or the same concern that happened last year with when it came to Chiefs running backs because Damian Williams started the season on the or uh, started on the injured reserve or the they had unable to perform not the whatever it is the disabled list and uh, he didn't really know which running back to pick. What did you go with? LaShawn McCoy? Did you go with Daryl Williams? Did you go with Darwin Thompson? And it was just like you didn't want any part of it. And it seems like um, if they do choose a running back, like a rookie in the 39th pick, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that if it's like one of the best ones available because then, then it's just a hog flex because then you're just letting people know your offense is just going to be that much better and that damn good, especially for the future with everybody in their youth. But like you said, I think their running back committee is something that I still would stay away from. Uh, just because I still can't trust that Damian Williams would be healthy. But, I mean, I, you go get a 30-second overall pick and you get a running back out of Ohio State, I mean, it's really good like that. I mean, that could be interesting. Well, and so, like, the, the Chiefs are clearly just running it back. Like, they're we're, we're basically just waiting for confirmation that they're going to bring back Bashad Breland on the defensive right. side. Um, because you know he was he was a solid corner for them last season. He's he's not an elite player, but he was solid for what they need him to be. Their offense is so unbelievably good that they just need their defense to be serviceable, and so that's why they're bringing a lot of these guys back. You know they they let Kendall Fuller go, which is fine. Right. Kendall, Kendall Fuller carved out a reasonable role for himself late in the season, but early on in the season last year. Kendall Fuller wasn't an active part of that defense. So that there was something going on with Kendall Fuller that, you know, Spags wasn't really into. And so that's fine, but they they, they need to address corner. I you're hoping Charvarius Ward figures it out and he continues to be a better player. Uh, but it's likely we assume at this point that they're probably gonna bring Bashad Breland back. They brought Sammy Watkins back, they figured out a way to get it done, and it's on a one year deal, so they can still move on from him after next season. Their offense is still going to be unbelievably talented, but looking at the running back position, like a lot of us got fooled by Darwin Thompson last season, me me included, in uh, one of my fantasy leagues where I thought I had I'm a championship caliber team. You know, I, I took Darwin Thompson in like the tenth round or something like that because I thought Darwin Thompson was going to have value when he had zero sure. fantasy value. Um, yeah. So so. When you're looking at like a Damian Williams, to me it's apparent that the Chiefs know they can upgrade at that position. Damian Williams right. is a fine player. Damian Williams has never stayed healthy for an entire season. I don't think he's ever rushed for more than 500 yards in a single season. And I was getting into unbelievable amounts of arguments with people on Twitter uh, prior to last season because I was kind of just doing the same thing that I'm doing right now, which is... Damian Williams is not a number one running back. He's never been a number one running back. He couldn't beat out multiple guys in Miami, which was a god-awful team, to be the number one running back. And I think that he's a, he's a fine player. He's a talented player. I'm not saying that he doesn't belong on the Chiefs roster. It's just that he's yeah. not going to be an every-down running back. And when the Chiefs want to pass all the time anyways, it doesn't really matter. But the best version of this offense, the most unstoppable version of this offense, was when... They also had the Kareem Hunt element because Mahomes could throw 65-yard touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. He could hit Travis Kelsey over the middle for 35. He could drop a 25-yard pass to Sammy Watkins. And then, oh, when everything actually is covered and he can't find anybody open, 
he could dump it off to Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt was impossible to tackle, and so Kareem Hunt would still pick up 15. Like, that was the most unstoppable version of this offense, and I'm about scoring points, especially for fantasy purposes. I want to see unstoppable offenses. And so, yeah, last season their offense was good, and they dealt with a ton of injuries, but I want to see the unstoppable shit. Like, I want to see the stuff that... Those guys are going to put up 40 points a game, and there's not a goddamn thing that you can do about it. So if that means going and getting J.K. Dobbins, I am totally cool with it because that's how you're going to win games ultimately anyways. As long as your defense isn't as bad as Patrick Mahomes is his start first starting season, like as long as it's not the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL, you're still going to be a Super Bowl contender. So yeah. just go drop 40 every game. Yeah, and I think that the concern that people have with defense, I think, is mainly focused around what, like, linebacker and corner. And those are guys that, like, I don't think that this defense, and then I'll explain, like, where I think I agree and a little bit disagree with the the running back situation that you're mentioning. But I think when it comes to this defense, I think that defense two years ago, which you were mentioning with Mahomes' first season, it was, like, a defense that lacked discipline and leadership, and they have that now. And I know that, like, voice doesn't cover a position but when you bring no, like a but it goes a long of, way for sure and when you don't have that like they didn't have that because barry was always hurt and they didn't really have a guy that wanted to step up on the stage they finally got that last year and like the the type of swagger whatever you want to call it is a cliche but like whatever they did they gelled and that no matter what morale does boost the deep stability because you hit your reps harder you know each other better you trust each other and it just kind of works better so I think the days of seeing like the 32nd ranked defense of the NFL with this team, with its coordinator and its players, I think that's over. Um, you have enough playmakers on defense that aren't going to allow that to happen. Now, will it be a top 10 defense? That's, you know, I don't know if you necessarily need that when you have the best offense moving forward for at least the majority of the foreseeable future, at least the next three, four years, just because of how young everybody is and, of course, of who's throwing the football. When it comes to your running back situation, yeah, you're right about Damian Williams 100%. He is a traditional scat back. He's not a guy that needs to carry the ball, you know, 10 to 11 to 12 times a game. He's not a guy that needs to be on the field for more than 50% of the snaps because that's not where he's most effective. He's most effective in four to five burst type of plays, and he fits that perfectly. But like you said, they definitely had the best offense when they had somebody like Kareem Hunt who could run routes like it was secondhand nature, who could – catch the ball out of the backfield and not only out of the backfield, but when, you know, the quarterback of the team and the best player in the entire NFL is the best when he rolls out of the pocket and gets on the run. And there's not a better situation built than for somebody that is a trusty, sturdy type of running back in this offense with that type of playmaker behind quarterback. Yeah. Like I just want it to be devastating. Like to be, to be honest, I'm, really sick of having conversations about Damian Williams. Like yeah. Like, what like what why why do we keep having to defend our stance on Damian Williams? Like he is who he is. He clearly yeah, is who he is. Like like he's he's a fine football player. He is not an elite football player. So let's stop yeah. trying to convince ourselves that he is. He struggles to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he can be effective, but he's effective based on the fact that the offense is already devastating. Like he is Correct. not he is not a game changing player. He's effective because there's so many other game changing players already on the offense. 
So if you put someone in that position who is actually a game-changing player, it makes you unstoppable. Yeah, and I think the other thing about Damian Williams is like no one's saying that he's bad. Like that's not like the message that any like any of us are giving off. It's just that like we know who he is. I accept who he is for what he is, and I mean he's good in this system for what he is. You get you got a two year what sixty million dollar contract, get eight million this year or something like that. That's exactly what he is. What we're trying to convince people is like just imagine if like you put somebody back there that has the potential to be a number one running back like they had with Kareem Hunt, and that makes this team's fantasy production insane it makes Patrick Mahomes more that much more insane and then it's just like okay there's a running game that you can trust but like until then yeah I avoid like going out and drafting running backs like if you want to go get Damian Williams in the fifth round next year because all the heavy hitters are gone and all the heavy hitter receivers are gone that's a gamble you're willing to take I would imagine he's over under in games played next year's not yeah and I am all for the Chiefs taking a cornerback in the first round of the draft I think it's a position yeah. they they desperately need to address, um, but this is also a legitimately terrible cornerback class. Like outside yeah, outside bad. of Jeff Okuda, who is a a lock like top ten pick, there's not that many guys yeah. that you feel super confident about. And so, if there's a guy that they love, I I am totally down for that. But again. You're going to win rings here because of your offense, not because of your defense. And he got by last season by just kind of scraping it together. And there's still a Prince of Mukamara still floating around out there in free agency <laughs> that based on these cornerback deals that people have been signing, I think you can go get that guy for like $5 million or $6 million on a one-year deal. You can find a way to make that work. You just freed up $5 million in cap space for Sammy. Right now, that $5 million is basically going to go towards your draft picks but you can find ways to free up other money like they they, they should cut ldt it'll save them plenty of money and they'll be fine they're gonna yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna figure that out i would have to imagine but it is beneficial to just try to run it back especially when the off-season programming training camp all that stuff is in question um so i'm not drafting a chiefs running back the same way that i didn't draft a chiefs running back Last season, I did draft Darwin Thompson, but it was later. I was avoiding Damian Williams at all costs, which I hope a lot of you did too, because Damian Williams did not help you get to where you wanted to go. Like he yeah. went, he was very effective for the Chiefs in the postseason, but Damian Williams didn't help you win a fantasy championship. And yeah, by the time you were in the postseason, it was too late to be like yeah. it was too late in the actual postseason to make it. So stay away from Chiefs running backs, barring them taking that that first round running back. I'm staying away from Chiefs running backs this season in my draft the same way that I was last season. Uh, barring, yeah, if you know, if for some reason they say Damian Williams is the starter, but they draft a guy like J.K. Dobbins, like you should take J.K. Dobbins ahead of Damian Williams. But if somebody takes Damian Williams in the third round and J.K. Dobbins is there in the eighth round, then I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. Um, but that's the only scenario where I want a Chiefs running back because I want their pass catchers. I want Tyree Kill. I want Travis Kelsey. I would take McCole Hardman over Sammy Watkins. Would you? Yes. I would. You think you think McCole's the number two going out of camp? No. I think Sammy's the number two. I think that the, I think yeah. that if there's no offseason programming, if there's no OTAs, if there's no mini camps, if there's no training camp. I think it is devastating to a player like McCole Hardman, who is a very 
talented but raw wide receiver. He is a guy who is incredibly explosive. He is a guy who, almost similarly to Tyreek Hill, can just blow up your defense every time he gets an opportunity. And he had limited opportunities last season because he was a rookie. But part of why he got limited opportunities last season is because he is not there yet as a wide receiver. And so not having that off-season programming is something that's going to hurt his development. And so that scares me a little bit because that was crucial for Tyreek. Like Tyreek Hill, him and Hardman's numbers, very similar as rookies. Ty- Tyreek had more devastating return numbers. Right. Um, but they weren't that far off from each other in terms of like snap percentage and like offensive snaps and things like that they were getting. And it's because Tyreek Hill was kind of the same way. He was kind of a raw wide receiver, but you could see just the unbelievable game-breaking ability. But he worked really, really, really hard. And I think Tyreek Hill is right up there with Stefan Diggs, with Adam Thielen, with DeAndre Hopkins, with those guys that are like, widely considered like the best route runners in the NFL, I think Tyreek Hill is right there with them now. And Tyreek Hill has worked yeah. really, really hard at that. McCole Hardman is nowhere close to that. Like McCole Hardman has years to go on his route running. Like he's just unbelievably explosive. And that's why he was so effective last season. And that's gonna take him a long way, especially in Andy Reid's offense when there's so many other weapons. But if he wants to be the legitimate, devastating number two next to Tyreek that's a perennial 1,100-yard receiver, like eight to ten touchdown type of guy, then he's got to be a good route runner. Yeah, I mean, I think Ken Hartman, I mean, I guess if they had a full-on camp, it'd probably be an easier answer, but can Hartman have a potential like Juju-type year that Juju had two years ago because... I mean, I think Tyreek's like up there when it comes now to like oh. the respect level when it comes to like the Antonio Brown distraction. Like they're going to take him away and say, okay, Ju- well, a 17. You think he can get up there with Juju? Juju's a much better route runner. Right. I'm saying, but like, you know, it took two. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like two years ago, more so, I'm saying is that like everyone that played Pittsburgh put all their focus on Antonio Brown. He still had like, I think almost 20 yeah. touchdowns and he didn't have and- 20 touchdowns. But I'm saying like, Juju be kind of became that guy that like nobody really, you know, they were like, ah, if he has this, he has that. And then like kind of towards he, halfway through the year, it's like, holy shit, we got this guy we got to worry about too. So there's a scenario where I avoid, avoid Hardman and Sammy altogether and don't draft a chief unless it's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, or Travis Kelsey. Because that is part of the thing that scares me is that like, yes. You would expect Hardman to get more work, but them bringing Sammy back, they've got a lot of faith in Sammy. Sammy knows the offense. Sammy has come up big for them in the postseason and back-to-back years. Sammy's a Super Bowl champion, and Sammy had a game-changing, Super Bowl-changing play against Richard Sherman. And so that does scare me. I think that McCall Hardman deserves the opportunity to be the number two wide receiver. And he he definitively deserves more than like the 40% of the offensive snaps that he got last season. 
He absolutely deserves more than that, and I think that he will get more than that this season. But bringing Sammy back concerns me because I still think that he's going to be the number three wide receiver next to Sammy because Sammy's just the veteran presence. Sammy knows the offense. Sammy's reliable, and while Sammy isn't going to... He might once a season give you a 198-yard, three-touchdown game. For the most part, he's going to be like a four-catch, 65-yard guy who might get you a touchdown every now and then. Yeah, if you're going to draft Sammy, you got to know like what you're getting for him when you draft him. Like if you take him in the in like the that was sexy, if you take him in like the fourth or fifth round, expecting you know 15 to 17 points every single week, that's just not what you're going to get from Sammy Watkins. So you shouldn't draft him at that area. Like Sammy Watkins is a good, like that's a good seventh round draft pick. We're like, you know what? If one week he gets you five, he gets you five. But the next week he can get you 23 and be a deciding factor. And he's also that perfect situation for when the Chiefs play a team that has a, you know, lackluster of a, of a quarterback seat, uh, or they play like a, a high ranking quarterback defense. You're not going to yeah. play Sammy, but when they play against a team that has a terrible quarterback defense, like the, I don't know, like just a bad team they'll play next year, like Tampa Bay. They'll play them next year, bad quarterbacks. Then you can play Sammy Watkins. But, yeah, if you draft him before, I think, the sixth round, I think you're just kind of asking for a frustrating back and forth. But I think he's a good late-round guy for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that Hardman is going to go above Sammy in a lot of, a lot of drafts. Oh, yeah. Year. I think Hardman's a fourth-round pick. I, I I disagree with that. That's, that's... You think he'll go before that? No, I he should be much later than that. Um, if oh, you're I take, if, you're, before that. if you're taking him in the fourth round, good luck. Well, I mean, nobody goes like guys like that go in the fourth round. Though, no, right? but, I I have, mean, I have, take... but I have no, I have no interest in in him in the fourth round. Yeah. That's that's too high for me. Right. If he's there in the that's seventh, right. if he's there in the seventh round, I'll 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 take the risk. The fourth round, yeah, like the fourth round, the fourth round, you're still drafting bona fide starters. By the seventh round, you're you're yeah. you're take you're taking a a bit bigger chance on people and like with you know like with Juju like I I got Juju his second year um you know he had a good he had a solid rookie year I got him his second yeah. year I think in like the fifth round of a right. draft and you know in at the time you know maybe that seemed a little bit risky because it was it was the second year he's still trying to prove himself. And you know he's opposite of Antonio Brown, but that's the thing is that he was he was opposite of Antonio Brown, and there was no one else competing for targets, right. and so he was a bona fide, legitimate number two wide receiver. Like Hardman is not that at all. Sure. And so yeah. if somebody wants to take him in the fourth round, have at it. I'm not taking him in the fourth round. That's because what I, Mahomes I, that, will go in the that's first. absurd. Because Mahomes will go in the first, yeah. Tyreek will go in the first, Kelsey like, will go in like the. The second, I would if I would rather take T. Y. Hilton in the fourth round than take McCole Hardman in the fourth round. Man, I just don't. I don't know. I think that's when I look at like the quarterback versus quarterback, and I would clearly take Hardman over that situation. Well, and I probably wouldn't take T. Y. Hilton in the fourth round either. <laughs> but if that, but if that presented itself where it was like you have to choose between these two guys, I would take T. Yeah. Y. Hilton. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, would you just... take Hollywood Brown in the fourth? No, not a chance. You take him over? Would you take him over Hardman? Probably not. 
that's a tough one right there. See, he's he's They're a player both. that like I, I like his talent and I, I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be the biggest challenger of the Chiefs for the Super Bowl this year. Uh like in that's the fair. in the AFC. Like I I hope that that's the AFC championship game, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um Ooh, played in front of seven people. Yes. Uh <laughs> but I do I just have I have questions about Hollywood Brown because we got such a small sample size of him last season mm-hmm. and he's had injury problems literally his entire collegiate career and then last season and he was banged up but he played through a lot of injuries last season which you like to see but like when he was effective he was effective and then when he wasn't he just wasn't and he was right ineffective a lot more than he was effective last season so i have a lot of questions before i'm ready to just like just dive head first into hollywood brown Fair enough. All right, we got we got we've been talking about the Chiefs for a long time. For, for That's what the people want. Damn near twenty five minutes. So let's burn through these other three AFC West. Well, that's the other three teams suck. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's there's some promise Denver's here. Talented. There's some promise here. I mean, we we can start. Denver's got some fantasy stuff. We can we can start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I really like Noah up. Fant this year. So I'm I, I like Noah Fant too. So I. People have been getting mad at me, actually, because on Cody and Gold, I've been hyping the Broncos. Like, I'm not a Broncos. I'm not a Broncos fan, but I am hyping the Broncos. Like, I am about this offense. They desperately need to draft another wide receiver. A lot of people Uh are mocking them. Uh, You know, CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs. Like, there's a lot of people that think that one of those guys is going to be available for them at the uh, 15th pick, I think, is what they have in the draft. Dude. Drew Locke, I'm not sold on Drew Locke yet either. I think that Drew Locke's got limitations as a player. We will see. Uh, We will see with Drew Locke. But he showed you enough in a four-game sample size last year that, like, eh, I mean, he's a little intriguing as an NFL player. He's not there yet. He was four and one. Yeah, he's not there yet as a starter. Um, He could easily get exposed in a full 16-game season. Um, But I'm willing to check it out. And Cortland Sutton was incredible last season. Cortland Cortland Sutton, in my opinion, I've talked about him plenty on this podcast. I think that Cortland Sutton is an ascending superstar player. He was absolutely fantastic last season. I had him in multiple leagues. He was one of my favorite players last season because even with Joe Flacco, even with the other guy, Ryan Finley or whatever the hell his name was, I don't even know if that's oh. if that's the right quarterback. And then Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton, the one constant in their offense every single week was that Cortland Sutton was a baller. Like he is uh-huh. he is a badass. And so Cortland Sutton is a guy that I want tons of shares shares of, even if Drew Locke struggles next season. Like Drew Locke, at least, even if he struggles and he, you know, with the full sample size and teams now have a little bit of film on him and they're able to figure him out and he's struggling to read defenses and whatever. One thing that I do know about Drew Locke is Drew Locke is going to let it hang and Drew Locke is going to sling it. And so he's going to give Cortland Sutton opportunities. That's all I care about. Just throw the ball up and let the playmakers go make plays. Let Cortland Sutton let go up and get the football because he's incredible at it. 
That's all I want to see. Cortland Sutton's one of my favorite, favorite wide receivers that I'm going to target this year. Yeah, I'm big on that guy. Uh, big fan of Drew. In fact, I think he's in Lee Summit actually right now. I think I saw a report from James Palmer of NFL Network say that he's yeah, living he's, with my yeah, dad and working on a, a yeah, he's training in Kansas City right now. Yeah, and he's got like some regimes that he's looking at. He's got a video that he's got and some like pointers from some vets. But I think you're, I mean, dead serious. He's going to let that thing hang. He found Cortland Sutton early in his career. He went 4-1, his only loss that we said last time we did this podcast was in that blizzard of a game where we found out that Patrick Mahomes is, is just not from this planet. But Drew Locke was throwing the ball up to Cortland Sutton. I don't think Drew Locke is... Okay, so let's be respectful here. So he slipped in the draft because he couldn't really like connect where they wanted him to on like the in-game situational type stuff, meaning yeah. that he's going to learn it eventually. It just maybe doesn't come all of a sudden. Well, Drew Locke, oh. year two, year three, he's going to get better because he's going to learn things you know, at his pace, and he's going to learn how to throw the ball in situations. And if he has a connection with Carlin Sutton, and then you light him up with a rookie receiver where they can really kind of get in a rhythm, he can have those type of you know type of numbers. He put up forty four. I think he put up forty four touchdowns in the SEC as a junior. And I get it, passing league, it's collegiately deal too. But he looked like a decent rookie last year in the NFL. And the other thing about Drew Locke next year is that he's got a little bit more confidence. Like we said, he's four and one. You know, he's going to stick. You know, with his guns, he's going to try to get better because he's going to get more tape on himself, not just the league on him. And I, I like Drew. I'm like you. I think the Broncos are a strong candidate to go like 10 and 6 and like be a somewhat thorn in the side of the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just too dominant for anybody in this division. But the Broncos can beat yeah. up on the Chargers. They can go 50-50 with the Raiders. And there's a chance they could give the Chiefs some headaches. I don't know if they can beat them quite yet. But, yeah, Drew's going to throw it. Sutton's going to get better. You nailed it when you said he's an ascending superstar because you thought this year was fun. If you don't snag him in the second round and he goes in the third, you messed up in your draft because you should definitely get Cortland Sutton as soon as well, you possibly can, despite the first round. No, and I, I think Cortland Sutton, like I, I think that's high on him. Like I, I think Cortland Sutton's going to be a guy because of the question marks around his uh, around his quarterback. I think he's going to be a guy that you can get in the fifth round. Yeah, I think he's going to like he's because I've. I've had a ton of success in my fantasy drafts in the in the most recent years, and you know, you try to get, you try to get your your number one running back early. Like I, I think that's a solid strategy, and and there's plenty of other strategies that you can you can move yeah. off of it. And I've I've had success using multiple strategies, going heavy wide receivers, and just trying to get as many number one wide receivers as I can, and then kind of filling in the running backs. But I've had a massive amount of success hitting on mid to late round wide receivers who were ascending players that I have confidence in. And Cortland Sutton's one of those players. Like he is a guy that I think you can get in the fifth round this year who is going to wind up being a top 10 wide receiver and being the best wide receiver on your fantasy team. Like he, he is that talented. Uh, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not drafting drew Locke is a quarterback or a backup quarterback probably, um, yeah, but, I don't know. But Cortland Sutton's uh, a guy that, that that I want on my team, and especially if they if they go out and they get another if they get CD Lamb or Jerry Judy in the draft, like hell yeah, let me let me get some Broncos pieces. Like they signed Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah, you know they have Royce Freeman, but I mean Royce Freeman sucked last year. All all he did was hinder <laughs> Philip Lindsay's production. Like they they insisted heavily. 
unsplitting time between those guys, and it was frustrating for Philip Lindsay owners. I mean, I I veered off of Philip Lindsay. I did not own him in any league last year. Uh, his rookie year, a lot of you added him on the waiver wire, and he was really, really good for you. I stayed away from him because I didn't trust the Broncos, and I thought they were going to be a bad football team. And it was frustrating because it was a legit like 50-50 split, and Royce Freeman was super ineffective. But every week, they were still just trotting Royce out there for 15 touches a game, even when, <laughs> even when, even when Phil was like playing well. And so now they have Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, Royce is, Royce is done. Royce is out of here. Uh, I Melvin, I think, is going to be the lead back. I think Melvin Gordon's the, the guy that you want to draft first. Uh, I still think that Phil is a guy that should be on your roster, though. He, he, he's a guy that's going to that's gonna have opportunities. He's going to be effective. He's proven that he can be effective with his, uh, with his chances. He's, he's just so small, man. He's just such a tiny little dude. Like, he's... He's about my size <laughs> out, out, there, out, out, out there running around with these NFL athletes. Mel, Melvin Gordon, and, and I don't I don't have faith in Melvin. Like, Melvin Gordon's never – I've never owned Melvin Gordon on a fantasy team. He's not a guy Ooh. that I think, oh, my God, I got to get Melvin Gordon in my lineup. He's not a guy that I've ever pursued in a draft. But he is talented, and the Broncos' offense is young and ascending, so he's a guy that – you should go out and draft. He's not a guy that I'm drafting in the first or second round. Someone probably will take him in the second round, early third round. Um, but I would wait if he's there, like at the back end of the third round, or like yeah. if I'm there at like the turn of the third round, and I can take somebody at you know round three, pick twelve, and then take Gordon at like round four, pick one. I would do that. Yeah, he's definitely the kind of guy this year that if you picked like a heavy hitter of a running back with like the first four picks or something like that, like let's say you pick Christian McCaffrey or what's the cat from, uh, I can't think of his name right now, out of New York, Saquon Barkley, and then all of a sudden you want to go like receiver, receiver, and then Melvin Gordon's still there, that's like I think where you can safely say that's where you want to take like Melvin Gordon. No offense, and I know you already just said you're you're high enough. I, I love no offense talent. Um, and you know, tight ends, you're not drafting super high anyways. Noah Fant is yeah. only 22 years old. Like, he's unbelievably and he's, young and showed a ton of promise. he's prom- tight in you. Yeah. Showed, showed a ton of promise last season. He's unbelievably talented. Um, he's not a guy that I am heavily targeting because I veer away from young tight ends. Like I, I, I stay away from them. Like I want, I want my tight end to be in the league for at least like three years before, before I'm gonna go go take a chance on my tight end. I, I'd rather have a guy that's got a few years under his belt because tight end's a tough position to play in the NFL. But Noah Fant is unbelievably talented, and I, I think that he, he's he's a guy that he he should be a a top ten rated tight end probably. Yeah, that's fair. I think it just. I like his chemistry ability with with Drew Locke. He's a big time target. He's in that evolving type of tight end, that Kittle, Hawkinson, uh, the cat from uh, Baltimore, uh, those type of guys. And I think that quarterbacks are starting to realize that when they've seen them, how they click with, you know, guys like Jimmy Graham in their prime, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. You know, those guys are all like phenomenal, all pro, possible all Hall of Fame tight ends. 
But I think that's like the way this game is going. And that's the type of tight end that's making this game go this way is a guy like Noah Fant. And there was a couple of plays last year where like he caught the ball and then he just took off downfield for like 60 plus yards and just burned people. So like, I think he's got that capability. And I think that he works with Drew Locke because he's the type of tight end that is, is the new trendy tight end. And Drew Locke's a gunslinger. And that's just a, that's gasoline on a fire. And I just, I really dig it this year. So yeah, Noah Fant is very, very talented player. Uh, I really love his upside. He's a guy that I, I'm going to target at value to the best of my ability in all of my fantasy drafts. Uh, moving Correct. on to the Chargers. Chargers oh. are interesting because the Chargers, in my opinion, have one of the most talented overall rosters in the NFL. Uh, but as of right now, Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback. So we'll see if they address that in the draft. I mean, it's likely that they do. We'll kind of see how that shakes out, but it's it's hard to project until then. Um, Austin Eckler is a top 10 pick. Like I, I, I don't yeah. see how you can make a case that he's not based on what he did last season, especially when Melvin Gordon came back halfway through the year and ruined his number one running back campaign, and he was he still finished as a, as a top three running back because he was he was that incredible, especially as a receiving back. Yeah, and I think the other thing too about uh, Austin Eckler is that the Chargers next year are going to be playing from behind quite a bit, which means check down which means lots of PPR leagues should be happy about Austin Eckler and a lot of just garbage time points will come from Austin Eckler because the Chargers will be playing from behind most of the season because they're just not going to be that great. And Tyrod Taylor, not a strong arm, not the strongest type of arm, but he'll be a, he's a good candidate to dump that ball off and, and let uh, Austin Eckler kind of take care of business. Well, and like, I still like Tyrod Taylor. Like I just feel no, like I'm, Ty- I'm just I telling just you for what like- he is. Well, and I just feel like Tyrod has has gotten a bad rap. I know he was bad in Cleveland before Baker took over, but like the season before that, he led the Bills to the playoffs, and the Bills weren't a good team, and they they somehow managed to make the postseason. Yeah, like he he's he's a serviceable quarterback. Not he's not he's not he's not going to change your franchise. He's not going to win you anything, but he can win you games, and, and when the talent around him is right. He can be productive. So, like, I'm not. I've always found Keenan Allen to be kind of an overrated type of player. I think he's a really talented wide receiver, but I feel like we we treat him as if he is like one of these bona fide number one wide receivers. And I, I've just never personally viewed him that way. But he is a very talented wide receiver. And I don't think Tyrod Taylor being his quarterback is going to devastate his fantasy value especially because he's running out of the slot a ton he runs a lot of the underneath routes for the chargers who i think it hurts is mike williams which is devastating because mike williams it's like we know mike williams is a talented player we know he's got a chance to be really good but it's like last season when you thought he was going to finally like take off and be really really good Phil got the noodle arm and couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. <laughs> and so so it just screwed Mike Williams because Mike Williams is is he he's a big play guy. Like he's not he's not a field stretcher, but he's so goddamn big and he can yeah. jump. Like you just 
you throw the ball up and you let Mike Williams go get it. Like that that's where he excels. Like he's not going to beat you in a foot race, but he will goddamn better believe it jump over you and snatch the football. And so that's what you have to give him an opportunity to do. And Phil, halfway through the season last year, couldn't throw the football deep anymore. Yeah, I mean, with Keenan Allen, too, it's just like it's too much of a dice roll. Like I drafted him three years ago, gets hurt, ruins my season. Uh, so guys like that, I just try to avoid. Tyrod Taylor's going to look at him, though, a ton. And I wasn't like trashing on Tyrod. I just don't think that Tyrod's the kind of guy that like he necessarily doesn't help your fantasy chances for targets and he can actually hurt some saints it's like you just said your your love obsession with mike williams that you just just went all in on mike uh but uh he's really you know, good he's not gonna, dude yeah but he's just, not gonna be good with tyrod taylor because he doesn't wanted to, I just wanted to get a chance well you know blow out your candles on your birthday cake next year for mike williams and maybe it'll happen he's like really, that kid from angels in the outfield he's really really good he can jump so high yeah, well, unfortunately, he's got Tyrod Taylor's so, quarterback. How do you feel about Hunter Henry? Because Hunter Henry, love him, love him, really. So this is this is I tight think, in here, baby. Yeah, but I think Hunter Henry is super overrated. Like, so, so I guess I mean Tyrod Taylor. I guess you could point to his Buffalo years and say like we kept talking ourselves into Charles Clay being a number one tight end. <laughs> I think he we had like it. I think he had like one fantasy relevant year with Tyrod Taylor. But like Hunter Henry, yeah. like I'm not I'm not denying Hunter Henry's talent. He's obviously a very talented player. He's never stayed healthy. Even got hurt last season too. It just thankfully was like a was like a month long injury instead of a season long injury. And then when he came back, he had a couple of back to back like monster fantasy games, and then was just absent the rest of the year so like I, I i'm struggling with with hunter henry like i'm starting to fall into the category of he's a tyler eifert jordan cameron type of tight end like get the fuck like, out like one one or two fantasy relevant seasons just can never stay healthy, and eventually it's going to lead to disaster in his career. But if everybody else wants to keep drafting him, have at it. I'm not drafting Hunter Henry. I mean, he's not the number one tight end on my board, let alone the number four, but he's the top seven. I like him that much. I don't know if there is enough value for me to take Hunter Henry in any fantasy draft. Again, I think it goes back to like who his quarterback is and where that team's going to be. Like, I think the Chargers are going to go like six and ten, five and eleven. They're going to play a lot of their games from behind. And I think Hunter Henry. I I don't know, man. Like, I just I can't really predict injuries because anybody can get hurt in any year. And I mean, I get it. Some people are more injury prone than others, but I think that Hunter Henry can be. And he's had a lot a of stud. He's had a lot yeah. more of them than a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, I would take. I would. Would you take Mark Andrews over Hunter? Yeah, you would for sure, without a doubt, hundred percent. Would you? Without even yeah. thinking about it. I know. I know. I shouldn't even have said that. I'm an idiot. Like if it was Hunter would Henry, you take Darren if Waller was, over Henry. Yes. If it was, yeah. if yeah. it was Austin Hooper, ooh, and Hunter Henry, I would think about it a little bit more, and I would probably take Austin Hooper. 
because Baker has been effective with this tight end so far in the NFL. I just hey, don't trust I don't trust Hunter Henry to stay healthy and I believe that he is kind of one of those type of guys. He's lucky enough to be getting franchised this year to be completely honest because the production hasn't been there based on the talent with all of the injuries that he's had. Yeah, I forgot his name and I even picked him up last year with like the last 4 weeks of fantasy. What was that cat's name? Was it Hig not Higby? The cat out of uh Los Angeles, the Rams. It's Tyler Higby. Yeah. So <laughs> Would you take him over? Uh, I I could I feel like I could talk myself into Hunter Henry over Tyler Higby. A lot of people are really high on Tyler Higby because yeah. the way he ended last season, he was just right like dominant. He had like a four game stretch where he was unbelievable. Yeah, hundred yard every but, game and like but 10 that's <laughs> but that's the first time in his four year career that he has ever done that. So but that's where you're at with Hunter Henry is like in that level. So yeah, like they're 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 the same tier. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not taking I'm not I'm taking either one of them in that circumstance. I'm taking both of those players with the hope of the upside, but I don't feel super confident about either of them. Right. That's fair. So yeah, like I, I'm not if I have to take Hunter Henry in a fantasy draft, like I wait so long on tight end that Hunter Henry's all I have left, I'm going to be mad at myself, and I'm going to be trying to trade somebody for a tight end. I would rather take a reach on Chris Herndon, to be completely honest. And Chris, Herndon, Chris Herndon played one game last season. Shut up. All right. We got, we got to spend a couple of minutes on the Raiders before we get out of here. Nobody I mean, they're interesting. I mean, did you know that the Raiders? Like, did you know the Raiders have four quarterbacks on their roster right now? Derek Carr, Carr, Peterman, Marcus Mariota, Nathan Peterman, and Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, I don't I, understand the Kaiser thing. I, I don't really understand that I, at all. That, it's just gr- Gruden, man. If you were if yeah, you were good in college at all, he's interested in you. Like if you were I good in Division got, One yeah. football. You got a chance to get on John Gruden's roster. I've got a feeling John Gruden's got a cutout of every quarterback drafted in the NFL draft on a wall somewhere, like just on a shrine. Because that, or he just really hates Derek Carr, that he's just going to surround him with just shitty people until he finally says, "All right, I can't take this anymore. I'm out." Yeah, I mean, you can't draft any other. <laughs> you can't draft any other quarterbacks because you feel like Marcus Mariota <laughs> is the yeah. starter in waiting. Uh, because, uh, like, in my opinion, like, I am kind of interested to see what Marcus Mariota looks like in a new system. Because I, I feel like Marcus yeah, Mariota is not as bad as everyone thinks that he is. I just don't think that he ever got a fair opportunity. He um, won a playoff game. Um. Yeah. On but, the ro- on the road. Like, but but he's <laughs> dude. Like he has never been put in like a fair situation. Like with the Titans. Like they were trying to force him to be a pocket passer. Like Marcus Mariota is much closer to the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson style of play than he, than than he is the Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill style of play. Like Ryan Tannehill had success in that offense because Ryan Tannehill is a good play action passer. Marcus Mariota is a guy that like, he needs to use his legs. He needs to get out of the pocket. He needs to get out and just make plays. Like he was always that dude in college. And he ran the offense in college. Like, I want to see him get an opportunity to do that. 
He's got he's a good he's good at running the football. He he's good at getting outside the pocket and using his legs and trying to make plays and stuff like that. Like he's capable of doing that stuff. They literally never did that with him in Tennessee. And so it was really frustrating. I don't think that he's he's obviously not a franchise quarterback, but I wouldn't be shocked if he had a Ryan Tannehill season this year, like with the Raiders. Yeah, but like who's he gonna throw to? Well, that's the thing, and that's why I don't want to spend that much time on the Raiders. We, I mean, the Raiders are – a lot of people are projecting them to take a wide receiver. They desperately need a wide receiver. Obviously, Antonio Brown really screwed them last season. Really? Um, I mean, their best wide receiver right now is Hunter Renfro, I guess. They signed Nelson Aguilar in free agency. Uh, that's just oh, another. Jesus. That's just another one of those, like – Clearly, that was John Gruden. Like, oh yeah, I remember him from USC. He's a he's a fantastic player. Nelson Aguilar. That's a great has been, Gruden impersonation, by the way. Nelson Aguilar has been very bad in the NFL. Yeah, he can't um, catch anything. I mean, he's had a f- a few games here and there, but Nelson Aguilar has been a, a pretty massive disappointment. We got Zay Jones. I mean, the only pass catcher you want, really. I mean, I'm not interested in Tyrell Williams. I know he was really good before he got hurt last year. But, like, Tyrell Williams is Tyrell Williams. Like, he's not a number one wide receiver, so you can't count on him. I mean, their yeah. pass catchers are that I'm interested in are Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, and and that's it. Yeah, because Renfro started to turn it on, like, in like a yeah, couple I of mean, games, he had, and he got, he got absolutely annihilated. <laughs> yeah, like, he actually had season. a very solid rookie season. Like, he's a very solid slot wide receiver. Like, I think he's a talented he's 31 player. years old. Um, yeah, yeah, he looks like he's 40. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm not, outside of Josh Jacobs, I'm not heavily pursuing any Oakland Raider, barring them, you know, drafting one of these top wide receivers. Like, Darren Waller, you could talk me into it for sure um, at the right value at my tight end position. But, like, Josh Jacobs is pretty much it when it comes to the Raiders for me. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else on the Raiders to be completely honest. No, I mean, I'm just, I just think I'm only gonna take like Darren Waller. I think that's about all we're going. With. Or Jacobs, Jacobs. I forget about Josh Jacobs. That's my bad. Yeah, I do like Josh Jacobs a lot. Like Josh Jacobs, I don't think Josh Jacobs should be a first round pick in my mind. Like Nick Chubb climbed last year and wound up getting into the first round. He was originally like a second round pick. I don't feel that way about Josh Jacobs, but I think that if you get Josh Jacobs in the second round, it's probably going to be a steal. Yeah, I just don't like Josh Jacobs in full point PPRs just because he doesn't do a lot of pass catching. Yeah. And it's because Gr- Gruden just likes to ground and pound like an old man. Yeah, he does like to ground and pound. You saw him on Hard Knocks. <laughs> he was like so excited for that guy to bring his high school like friends that he grew up in high school with. And he's like, you know how many girls this guy knows? Like, John, you're uh, clearly on TV and you're married. Uh, she'll understand. Okay. All right. He's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. That was the AFC West. Thank you guys for listening. Please download the radio.com app. Please subscribe to the Forced to Punt podcast. Uh, we will be going through these divisions for the next few weeks leading up to the NFL draft. Please tune in. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Stay home, stay safe.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.